of their own. This is episode 61 of A Pot of Their Own. I am Allison McCaig, and I am joined this week by my co-hosts, the sick Linda Cervich. Hello, Linda. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> and Kellyanne Healy. Hello, Kellyanne. Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello. <laughs> Linda went on vacation last week and came back sick, of course. You know. I was vacationing with two small children, so. As one does. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, what happens. Children, those little germ carriers. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, that's so funny. Of course, it was just that that cough was like perfectly accentuated the end of the sentence. Yeah, yeah. I was so I was trying so hard to hold it in too. <laughs> Don't hold it in. Better out than in. I'll I'll mute next time. <laughs> Speaking of things that are bound to cause illness, the 2020 New York Mets, everyone. Um, so as we you know, I got sick on Saturday back when I was in Mets country. I don't think this is a coincidence. No, probably not. You caught it from because I lived in like Mets like free bliss for a week, and this is what happens when I come back. (laughs) Of course, of course. Um, as we record this on Tuesday night, September 8th, the Mets are getting their clock cleaned by the Baltimore Orioles. Um, and John Means, who they just kicked his butt last time they faced him. And now um, the shoe is on the other foot. Uh, and Michael Walker is once again not pitching well. Um, so instead of Zach Wheeler, the Mets have Rick Porcello and Michael Walker, And that has worked out just about as well as we thought. Yeah. I mean, I, it's it's not just them. It's the whole collapse of starting pitching um, besides DeGrom. I mean, Syndergaard leaving with Tommy John, Stroman opting out. Um, there's no depth. Brody said there was depth at the beginning of the year, and there's no depth <laughs> whatsoever. Yep. Yeah. and And David Peterson not pitching well. In his most recent outing is not a good sign either because he had been one of the few like bright spots in the rotation um and he also didn't pitch well against the phillies um i mean so that's peterson cool. that was probably bound to happen eventually and yeah he's so fine for like a fourth starter but not as a two <laughs> yeah which is what he kind of was for a while there um so, yeah, and then having this game back-to-back after, I mean, Wheeler was good, and then he had a typical Wheeler, like, one bad inning start, but overall, Wheeler's been fantastic this year, so. Yeah, he's yeah. like a borderline yeah. Cy Young contender. He's you know, been really good. I've been talking about this with um, with some of my friends, about how the Cy Young race this year is ridiculous. Like the numbers that like the National League pitchers are putting up this year is ridiculous. And I don't know if it's just because the pitchers have and like I mean the batters haven't been able to catch up because they didn't have a lot of practice time. 
And, you know, there's a lot of stars struggling, which we've seen with the best, with, like, Pete and McNeil, and um, Yelich has been really bad, and Altuve. So, it seems like the pitchers have had an advantage this year, and except for the Mets pitching. Right. Right. Save the ground. how did they manage that? (laughs) I don't understand this. (laughs) I I mean, I think it... This season was always going to be screwy, no matter yeah. what. It was just a matter of how. Yeah, that's true. But why I are, like, the Mets always on the wrong side of the how? I don't know. But, like, that said, like, the Yankees are apparently injury city yeah. right now. So yeah, they were, and, and, and I believe preseason predictions had them going to the World Series. So... It seems there's a cloud over New York entirely, except for the Toronto Blue Jays, who are, who is New York's best team right now. <laughs> yes, yes, New York's, yes. New York's best baseball team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Which I love. Can we adopt them? Yes, yeah, why not? I would love. I mean, my cloud. cousin's a Blue Jays fan, so I find them easy to root for. I am still bitter that we didn't have a Blue Jays Mets World Series in 2015. We would have won, man. Yeah, we absolutely. It- it just, it, it, to me, it wasn't even about winning. It was just about all the fun storylines there would have been. Joey Bats. Joey yeah, Bats. Yeah. The, the offense versus the pitching. Stroman and Mats and Dickey and Syndergaard and Darno. Oh, my God. That just would have been such a fun series from a and baseball Cologne, standpoint. Too. I think at the time, like, Dickey and Cologne were, like, the oldest yes. pitchers in the league. Because I they think were. they faced off during the – um the regular season that year and it was like one of the like the oldest pitching matchups yes <laughs> yeah yeah uh, what could have been yeah i think that the i think that the thing that sums it up best um about the mets starting rotation was um this tweet from Decomo after um after seth lugo's start um, and this was this was a few days ago, so these numbers are different now, and probably actually even worse, even more stark. Um, Jacob Degrom and Seth Lugo starts 1.70 ERA. All other Mets starters 6.44 ERA. Oof. So oof, that's an oof. Yeah, it's a big time oof. And like the problem is, is that Seth Lugo is desperately needed both in the rotation and in the bullpen. Um, because they had, you know, they had the game. So we'll talk about this Philly series a little bit. They had that game yesterday where they got down to an early deficit that looked, you know, pretty much unsurmountable and they came back from six, nothing down and they tied it up and then they went to extra innings and they lost because they didn't have any competent relief pitching. But like, and so I, I see the people on Twitter getting upset that Seth Lugo could have won that game for the Mets and probably would have quite frankly but the problem is is that if he didn't start that game he started earlier in the week they would have lost that game because instead yeah. they would have been starting whomst I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's that like so, someone in the in the game thread tonight said that uh, a bullpen game would have been better than Waka starting and I'm like I'm looking at Gazelman in right now he has there's two on base and he's in a three, two count with, Oh, never mind. In play runs. I take that back. <laughs> Some more yeah. runs just came in according to game day. So uh, yeah, runs like runs. a bullpen game is there's just no pitching. There's no pitching outside of DeGrom 
and Lugo. And to me, Lugo isn't totally reliable yet, mostly because he's being bounced around so much. So there's there's no stability with him in terms of like his place. He's a good pitcher, but it's like he's getting he's getting jerked around so he can't like settle anywhere. Does that make sense? I, yeah. I think he's settled in the rotation now. I think it's like getting to the point now where he's settled because, and I think that he's seeing the way, I think that he's seeing what's what's going on around him right now and he doesn't see how he's not a starter in 2021 at this point. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that would help Like he's, he, I think he's in the rotation now. They have no choice. They have no choice. And if they're not going to sign like, three or four starting pitchers in the off season, which is what they need to do. They have no choice. But the, like the free age, the free agent pitching class is like not, not great good. this year. Yes, that's correct. It's, it's who it's Bauer. It's Stroman. Stroman. It's Oy. I mean, I was, I forget who I was talking about this with, but um, at this point, if you're comfortable with Jimenez at shortstop, do you trade Ahmed for starting pitching? And But then you would be selling low on Ahmed. So would you package, like, Brandon Nimmo? <sighs> I don't know. It's Because it, on one hand, I mean, Because eventually say... the outfield's going to be too crowded. You can't keep Conforto, Nimmo, JD, Dom... Yeah. Um, McNeil. So you got to start choosing. Well, presumably the DH is here to stay. I don't know. Yeah. So that'll help. But, like, on one hand, I see that. I see the crowding in the outfield, and I think that they have, they can trade from a position of strength in order to shore up a position of weakness. But then on the other hand, I think to not too long ago, when the Mets couldn't buy a run and they had no offense at all. Mm. And it's like, finally, they actually have position player depth, sufficient position player depth. And this is what that looks like. Finally. And now the pitching's gone to shit. The Mets can never have (laughs) all their wheels turning at the same time. And speaking of pitching going to crap, uh, we now, the score is now nine to one. Yes, nine to one. I mean, the Orioles can hit. The Orioles can hit. Um, they can hit dingers too, which they've done in spades tonight. Um, but yeah, I mean Robert Gazelman looks awful. In addition to Michael Waka's struggles, aside, he's got a te- he's got a ten point three two ERA. That's been bad, dreadful. And like he was the one that they really needed, especially once Lugo yeah. went to the rotation too. He was the one they really needed to step up in some role or another, either as a long reliever because he was the only one left that could throw multiple innings in relief besides like Jason Shreve, who's been surprisingly good, but they really needed yeah. Gazelman and he has been dreadful. He's been dreadful. Oh, well, so and just because you're, you're bullpenning guys, you're spot starting, you're the bullpen is just getting absolutely like, Oh man, my brain. They're exhausted. They're exhausted. They're overworked. They're yeah, they're overworked. overworked. I think that they're was overworked. the worst. And, 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 and yeah. not just that, but like I think finally they have an off day tomorrow. So all of like they haven't had an off day in <laughs> I don't even know. I would have to look at the schedule, but they haven't had an off day in a while because their regular scheduled off days have been 
make like taking over makeup. my makeup games. Okay. So that's another problem too, is that a lot the, a lot of these teams that have makeup games are at a bit of a disadvantage because they lose their off days. Okay, I I looked up free agents for next year, and if we trade Nimmo for starting pitching. Marcelo Zuna and George Springer are both free agents. They should absolutely sign George Springer because they don't have a center field. No. Just putting that out there. I was a big I was a big Nimmo in center is absolutely oh, fine. Castellanos too. That might be a decent Wait, who was that? Who was the other one? Castellanos. Oh. Castellanos. I mean like the Mets yeah. have been hey, in love Jay with him Drew. forever. <laughs> Oh, Jackie Bradley Jr. <gasps> Ooh, that's a very Mets get. That's a very Mets get as well. I that is messy. Yeah, it is. Could see that. It's yeah. The problem I'm is, just is just, there's options. Yeah, there are. It's just like <sighs> it's better than the outfield. I mean, it's better than the pitching. Yeah, I was very much a I mean, proponent of Nimmo playing center field and like I always said like he's fine there it's really fine but this year his defense has taken a huge step back frustratingly yeah um and now he's basically not playable in center at this point the Mets outfield defense is pretty bad um Conforto's solid in the corner but my whole thing with this is how much of what we're seeing this year is anomalous because of how the season has unfolded I don't That's... know. Nimmo's always been bad in center, though. Yeah, it's worse this year, though. Yeah, I was gonna say it's worse. worse this year, but has he been bad or has he been like average? I can't remember. Pretty I can't bad. Remember. Honestly, bad? Okay. Bad. bad. Yeah. I mean, I'd have to look at the metrics. Um, let me see. Let's see. Yeah, I'm Where looking up. Where they go with the Ahmed um, and center experiment? They should do that. To be perfectly honest, they really should. Yes. And then again, you can move Nimmo if you do that. Because it's very clear that Andres Jimenez is a better shortstop than Ahmed Rosario, and he's basically replaced him at this point. Like, Ahmed Rosario is virtually uh-huh. benched for... Let me see. I mean, I would like to say that, but I would, again, I want to see more out of Jimenez just because this is such a small sample size. And this is such a wonky year. I want to see Jimenez like kind of across a full 162 game season. You know what I mean? Just yeah. be- just because there's there's so many factors both inside and outside the game affecting this year that I'm like just for me I'm taking everything on a very surface level. I'm not looking too deeply into t- to statistics and not looking too deeply into like ERAs other than, oh my god, this pitcher is performing very badly in this game and across these, like, several games. It's just just the pandemic and the fact that it's such a short season. It was a short summer camp, and I don't know. But who's the real Ahmed Rosario? Was it this bad version, or was it the one who looked good in the second half of last season? Because they're both the same pretty much the same amount of sample sizes the 60 games the second half of last season and then now we have 60 games of this season so i don't know well the real ahmed please stand Stand up up. (laughs) so 
or just give um, me, give me, give me undress before midnight. <laughs> sorry, I just wanted to like just sing that you one. You can't make me laugh. I'm gonna start coughing. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I like I type it on the on the comments on the game thread and stuff, but I always just want to sing it. <laughs> so um, so just for some reference on Brandon Nimmo, just to give us to give some numbers to back up the eye test here. Um, Brandon Nimmo has been minus three um, outs above average in uh, center field this year and minus one as a right fielder. So overall, he's a minus four, um, which is not like awful, but it's below. It's decidedly below average. It's below average, and um, yeah, and his um, and his outfield jump is twenty fifth percentile. Oh, so it's like you know, that's that. kind of in the it's kind of in the right in the middle of below average, like between poor Thanks. and average. <laughs> It's like pretty much the definition of below <laughs> average. Um, Brandon Nimmo has been, so that's that, um, which is not great. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the other, um, sort of Mets related topics, um, this week both involve tantrums. Um, so, Yay! In, so in addition to the, in addition to the Philly series being like, you know, frustrating because it was such a roller coaster series again, kind of with the Yankees series, it was like, you know, on Friday they lost to Jake Arrieta, which no one likes to see because no one likes Jake Arrieta. And then they came back, got a really nice win. Um, and then they absolutely, you know, like dominated on uh, Sunday, which was, you know, wonderful, got a, a 14 to one victory, which I think was the, the with most a Jacob deGrom start. In a Jacob deGrom start. So, of course, they win the uh. Seth Lugo and Jacob deGrom games, you know. And then, you know, the and they get they the best win. They don't do that, so. They get, like, the biggest win they've had all year in the 14-1 to victory. And then they have the game where they were, you know, down 6 nothing, came back, and then lost. Um, so that's really, you know, it was an up-and-down series overall. But it was punctuated by... Um, Bryce Harper pitching an absolute fit in, in one of the games um, because he basically he made a he made a really dumb like defensive miscue. Basically, what happened was is that there was a short fly ball, and instead of and the the Mets had a man on third who could tag, and instead of Bryce Harper coming in on it. Um, from the outfield, in which case his momentum would have been going forward and the Mets probably would not have tried to score. He kind of just like lazily allowed Neil Walker. And like I, I use the word lazily. I don't actually mean that he was being lazy necessarily because I don't know that. I don't know whether he was being he, lazy. He, or... he was he was being well, he, what, it looked lazy because he wasn't even making a move toward the play. Yeah, like he wasn't. So... Like, he he could have just like. I, I it, I'm trying to be generous here. I don't know if he was being lazy or if he just had like a brain fart. It was bad either way though. Did he not realize how they out? It's possible. Did he think that was the last out of the inning? It's possible. And so he kind of let Neil Walker, um, the second baseman, like drift backwards on his heels towards the shallow outfield and make the play. And then the Mets were able to tag up and score on the play because Neil Walker was not able to get the sufficient momentum because he was moving back toward the ball. So it was like a really bad defensive play. And then the reason why I bring that up in reference to his tantrum is because later, (laughs) you know, in the next inning, he was thrown out at first and he thought he was safe and he screamed at the umpire about it and the umpire no, he thought it was a foul ball oh no, no he, he thought, thought it was, it was a, fair, that's yeah. right that's right it was he thought it was foul but or he thought no, he it was, thought it was fair yeah he yeah. thought it was he thought he hit a double down the line 
but the umpire called it foul. And then he got really mad, and and he was actually and he was wrong, by the way. On the replay, it wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was because like I, like Girardi from the replay, I could it. not really. Okay, Gerardi could... admitted that he was wrong. Oh God. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, he was wrong and he was screaming at the umpire about it. And the umpire kept warning him over and over, like, stop yelling at me. And then finally he was like, if you yell at me again, that I'm going to throw you out of the game. And he yelled at him and he threw him out of the game. And it was, and it was like four times that he warned him. Yeah, I believe it was yeah. a very Bryce Harper moment. We'll put it that way. I was going to say, it wasn't like the ump just was like, okay, shut up. You're done. Like he, he, very clearly, like they showed like, the replay. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want to talk. Like, I don't want to yeah. talk about it. And poor Neil Walker was in the middle of that too. I know. Yeah. So I Neil Walker so had to deal with Neil. like had to deal with his, like Harper's poor defensive play. And th- there was a shot of Neil Walker's face, which was amazing because he like looked back at Harper and did like you know you guys all are familiar with the JT Real Muto reaction to Jared Hughes' face. <laughs> That's like almost exactly the same face that Neil Walker. Made at Bryce Harper, like the the Harper in the dugout too after the play. Yeah, they were cold shouldering him, which is crazy. And he 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 was like trying to explain, and everybody's just like, no, no, nope. And they had a really good statistic. I think Harper's been thrown out of games fourteen times, and four of them have come against the Mets. Like clearly, the Mets get under his skin. Living for whatever reason. You love to and see it. I would just like to remind everybody he got thrown out in the Wilmer Flores game. Yes, yes he did. Yes, he oh, did. and that was and honestly, I won't lie, he actually had a gripe on that one because that ball that was pitched him was out of the zone. However, you can't in that you can't situation. Argue balls and you strikes. Can't. In that situation, you cannot argue balls and strikes. And but that, I think, oh, you go first, but, Linda. But they even said during the game, very. I mean, he was having an MVP type year. You're. Like every game mattered at that point. You get like you cannot get thrown out of that game. No, but I mean, essentially, like the, the bench was the bench was empty at that yeah. point. Yeah. Well, sucks to suck. <sighs> sucks to suck. The other, better times. The other t- t- like telling thing for me during that whole debacle, ejection debacle this past weekend was that Girardi did not come out at all to protect his player. Nope. nope nope not even and a, a, like no coach came out to protect him until after he had been ejected yeah. yeah and it's like that was that's it, telling to me. and after the after the incident when he was asked about it he said like he basically was saying that he wasn't yelling at the umpire for the call he was like don't talk to me like I'm five and it's like don't act like you're five then Stop <sighs> acting like a child, and maybe people won't treat you like one. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that's all oh, I have to say. Oh well, wait, what did he say after the game? Oh man, he he had a quote after the game, like he wasn't being professional. The umpire wasn't being professional. Uh, I think he was saying that during the game too. Oh, we pro- like be a professional because I I was watching. Um, a clip on YouTube, and there's a. I'm just gonna quote him, John Boy Media on um YouTube. He does really like great lip readings, and he was saying it do- during the um 
And he was saying it during his argument, like, be a professional. Come on, be a professional. And, I mean, that's really what got him thrown out because he kept repeating that even after the umpire asked him to, A, stop, and B, said he wasn't going to talk about it. The call was the call and that was it. Right, yeah, here's here's here it is. Harper Harper said, I said, don't talk to me like a five-year-old, just be professional with me, let's have a conversation. He was like, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. Well, why would he say don't talk to me like I'm a five-year-old? Like, did the umpire just say get out of here? Like, I'm not going to talk, discuss it? I, don't... I, 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 think, I think the umpire, like, didn't want to broach it at all. Just because, okay. I don't know. Which is in his right. He made the call. Suck it up and deal with it. Yeah. And if they really thought it was a fair ball, your your manager could have challenged. Or asked for, I think, can they, they can, they can challenge the foul ball or was that? Oh, can they? Or no, uh, that was, maybe no, they but can. They, but I was going to say they can probably ask for an umpire review though. Or can they only challenge it in once it's past the bag? I don't know. That weird, that rule is weird. Yeah, yes. I think I think that's the case. I think you can only challenge fair foul after like beyond the bag, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Well, so I was wrong, but still. But still, like they could he they could have asked, I think I think they could have asked for an umpire review. I, I don't, don't know. think so. I, I think it's just one of those non reviewable calls. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but then you know, it's like the and like that day, it was like, ha, 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 the Phillies are so embarrassing. But then, of course, the Mets out embarrass the Phillies as always. Well, they embarrassed themselves even more on Monday, and they still won. Yep, that's that's the most impressive. Yeah, the Phillies, like, the, the Phillies, Phillies wanted really them poorly. to win that game. Yeah, they tried to hand that game to the Mets, and the Mets were just like, no, thank you. They did that in Philadelphia, too. The Phillies, like, absolutely metsed all over themselves and still won. Like, this just isn't the Mets year. It's just just, just face facts. I'm just taking a season for what it is and enjoying each game and thankful that there is a game. There are games to, like, complain over, even though they're really, to me, I still don't think there should be games, but that's me. Um so I will be appreciative even if they're bad. Yeah. This is bad Mets baseball is better than no Mets baseball. As I, I said, can... as I've been saying the whole time, um, if the Mets win the, win the World Series this year, it's totally legitimate and counts. But if they don't make the playoffs, then it's a fake season and we shouldn't care anyway. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yes. That's, I think we're all in agreement here. Sticking to it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But yeah, so I guess the other the other tantrum involved with the Mets this week um, was that of uh, A Rod and J Lo. Um, so as we mentioned on the last pod, 
Steve Cohen has moved into, quote, exclusive negotiations to buy the Mets. And we are sort of hearing rumblings on Twitter from, like, the certain, like, unreliable sources that tend to tweet about these things first but aren't always right. Um, So we're not going to, you know, say it's confirmed or anything like that. But we're starting to hear rumblings that, like, it like it's done like the deal is done they just haven't announced it yet um but we don't know that um because it's not from we haven't heard it from like an actual verifiable real source yet um that said what we did hear about is that alex rodriguez and j-lo are like quite pissed publicly pissed about this and like are trying to like salvage the sale and so there were kind of two two major uh, articles in the post this week about this. The first one was the was the one that like basically was about how mad Alex Rodriguez is. And where's the where's the important? I'm scrolling through it to find the pertinent paragraph here. Basically, A Rod accused the Mets of fixing the sale. Where is it? What? Yeah, like well, yeah. like showing showing Cohen their bid so that Cohen could top it, more or less. Oh, but the. Like my whole question Cohen could was that it no matter what, dude. That, but also my like the first thought that popped into my head was that uh, Cohen's already a minority owner, so would he be able to have access to the bids? Uh, even though it would really be a conflict of interest, since he's looking for a majority share. But I, I don't know. Oh yeah. Okay. So here's like the... my, my my first thought. Like my first thought was like he's a minority owner, so would be able to like have that insider knowledge of who's bidding and what the value of those bids are. Yeah. So that makes yeah. So here's the here's the pertinent part of the New York Post article. The former Yankees third baseman is now convinced that the Mets spoon fed his bid his bid information to Cohen so the billionaire financier and art collector could have the highest offer and win the team. They took bids and showed them to Cohen, a source familiar with A-Rod's thinking claimed. The Mets and Cohen declined comment. Experts tell the Post that it's unusual for a seller to set a bidding deadline and then push for that information in advance. But they also note that there's not much that can be done if Cohen had been given a sneak peek because the Mets are a private company and can play ball with whomever they want. It's not normal, but things mm. like this do happen, said Stephen Smith, a managing partner at law firm Brian Cave, Leighton Paster. <laughs> I don't even know the name. <laughs> a million names in the law firm. <laughs> a law firm who specializes in sports transactions. <laughs> in the end, the seller's goal is to get the highest price for the team. But A-Rod's camp contends that the 14-time All-Star would have considered raising his offer if he had been given the chance. A bidding war, sources contend, might have resulted in an extra $100 million for the New York team. But the Mets never went back to see if A-Rod wanted to match or better Cohen's offer, sources said. Rodriguez had been trying to reach the Mets owner, Fred Wilpon, since Friday, but can't get to him on the phone, they added. It was fixed, a second source close to A-Rod camp said. So basically, A-Rod's claiming that they showed Cohen A-Rod's bid, allowed him to top it, and then didn't go back to A-Rod for, like, a counteroffer. Um, I mean, you know, that's just his side. Obviously, we don't know. We don't know if that's if what he's saying is true, but um, yeah. So he's like really pissed <laughs> about the whole thing. Um, but too, I well, mean, like too bad. Would, yeah, I was gonna say he lost, and then he was saying we he would have guaranteed a World Series <laughs> yeah, or donated was, money. That was no one the, can guarantee a World Series, please. That yeah. was from the more recent Post article, which is from today. Um, so that was this was like the second big one, which is kind of like. 
Um, the the headline of the first one is more or less. I mean, I don't remember the actual headline, but the it, more or less, A Rod's really mad about this. Um, he's gonna vent his frustration now. Um, but the 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 takeaway from this uh post article from today is like they're trying to salvage the sale and they're making like very desperate attempts to do so, and it's like pretty like transparently desperate. Um, because they're kind of like. Where's the where's the pertinent paragraph? It's the one that Kate tweeted because they the oh yeah here it is. As part of their pitch, the duo said Lopez, not A Rod, meaning Jennifer Lopez, would be the control person for the team, which would make her the first Latina woman to be in such a position in MLB. It would also remove the question of whether the polarizing Rodriguez could get ownership approval. So now they're desperately trying to save their bid by pushing J Lo as like the 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 face of the bid and like would be she would be controlling everything which like first of all i don't believe you (laughs) no absolutely not i I mean it would be cool but absolutely not like i just it's so annoying how they're like so transparently like being like we're gonna use like false claims of diversity to try to save our bid so we can check diversity boxes it's like that's so cynical i i hate that shit Ugh. Yeah, like you lost. It's it's just sour grapes. And no matter what bid they came back with, Cohen could easily top it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it doesn't matter what you bid. He'll just top it again. Yeah. So, and um, I think, uh, I can't remember, I might be making this up, but I think they said the two, the next two richest owners combined are what Cohen's worth. Yes, yeah, yeah. I think it was like uh, the, the the top two owners. I think currently in MLB are worth like twelve or thirteen billion. I think the quote was. I don't remember the exact numbers. And there and and this the the, the <laughs> whatever this quote was, whatever article this was, said that Cohen was worth that on his own. Yeah, so it's it's over. It's it was always gonna be Cohen as soon as. He said he was back in it. It it was a done deal. Yeah, so and not for less money until the yeah. That's the whole thing. They, right now it's like three hundred million dollars less, which I'm cracking up at. I am too. Um, however, it's still not official until November. So everybody's like counting their chickens, and I'm like, oh my gosh, guys! <laughs> Everybody needs to like calm down. A until this is done, and just because it is done. He's not going to immediately go on a spending spree like I wouldn't want him to go on a spending spree with this free agent class. Like, you know what I mean? Like Real Muto is a is a free agent. Like how will he have a, his own GM in place? How will he be in place by that time? Like it just yeah. seems there's a the, lot there's a lot of factors. Yeah, if if it's the vote signed until November to approve him, I don't know. Like, Real Muto's a nice pipe dream, but I don't know. I don't. I don't know if Cohen will be will be in place. Will he want to be active right away? So I mean, Real Muto's the most obvious place where the Mets desperately need an upgrade, and he'd be an immediate massive upgrade. And even if Brody is still there, we all know Brody went hard. After he wanted Real Muto real bad, yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's on Brody's radar. So if Cohen just gives Brody a blank check, Real Muto's as good as a New York Met. But 
Um, yeah, I think the Phillies probably have. Although the Phillies, every time I see something, it says like they haven't engaged in talks. Oh and... yeah, it's like just it's the same thing with like the the. It's very messy with how the it is very Phillies relationship has unfolded. Yeah, which I'm kind of surprised at, but you know we were kind of talking about this too. Like the Phillies are kind of. They're going to have a lot of bad contracts on aging stars very quickly. Yeah. Nice, Harper. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) Harriet is off the books, I think, this year. Yeah. Yeah. So you have Harper, Wheeler. You have McCutcheon signed a little while longer, do you not? I think so. Then you got to figure out what you got to do with Hoskins. Yeah. They have a oh, lot I don't of know. questions. I, yeah, they have a lot of questions. So I don't know. Like, can they tie up all on their money? And and outside of Nola, their rotation is not that good. Oh, oh and Wheeler, is, obviously. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's like Nola Wheeler, and then it's kind of Garbo. Their bullpen's Garbo, so oh, major Garbo. So I don't know. Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Real Muto will be a Philly next year. Fingers well, let's go to spot track. But, but yeah, so it's it's. I, I think like so something I was talking. Uh, we were talking in Slack about with um with Jeff is that Jeff Padnastro is that like what's fascinating to me about this like A Rod J Lo drama. I mean, obviously, like they're very much the type of people that like the spotlight on themselves. So none of this drama is necessarily surprising. But if you really want to own a baseball team that bad, like baseball teams are going to come up for sale in the immediate future. Like the the Orioles, like are are pretty close to selling as well because their owner is very old and like isn't interested in like owning the team much longer. And like I think the Tigers, there are a few teams that like are going to go up for sale in the next five-ish years. And so if you want to own a baseball team that badly, there are other opportunities that you will have to own a baseball team, and you just probably, like, seriously got in the way of potentially owning a baseball team in the future by acting this way publicly. Yeah. See, I don't think they want another baseball team. I just think they want a team that's in New York. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, they want the notoriety and the fame. Yeah, they the... won't get any attention if they own the Orioles. <laughs> no, like, owning the Orioles isn't, like, I don't want to say sexy, but... Because yeah. <laughs> the Mets are, like, the least sexy franchise there is. But, but the, the aura the, of no, New, New York, York is sexy, maybe. though. I was going to yeah. say, yeah, the opportunities... There are a lot of opportunities in New York that would not be... That are non-existent in Baltimore. It's a sexy market. Yes. I think that's a better way of putting it. It's a saturated market. And like, you know, I mean, even if the even if the Mets aren't, you know, they're they're always going to be like second fiddle to the Yankees in their own city. But that said, like, if you win a World Series with the Mets, you will be heroes forever in New York. Yep. Um, and they they very clearly want that. I mean, like like we said, promising a World Series within the next ten years was part of their, like, even though that's so stupid because you can't possibly promise that. But like, 
that was their part of their pitch because they know that like anybody who wins the World Series for for the Mets because the fan base is so starved will be heroes, will be adored, regardless of your past, regardless of it's sad because like obviously like fans like us who we who I like to think are more, you know, conscientious about our how we support the team are always thinking about Steve Cohen's like the shady side of him and the unsavory side of him. But like most fans will straight up ignore that if he wins a World Series. Absolutely. They will not give a shit. Especially if he starts spending money too. Like oh, yeah. it'll be like I don't even like wow my brain. Why isn't it not working? Work brain work. Um, it would be like Christmas, New Year's, like every holiday all rolled into one. Oh, if... he'll be Daddy Warbucks for <laughs> yeah fans. That's for damn sure. Yeah, and uh, A Rod probably didn't do himself any favors by saying he. I mean. With the other owners, he probably did himself some favors, but when he said he supported a salary cap. Oh, yeah. So that was a little. Um, I mean, he's alienated everybody in the past and present. Um, I don't know. Can't wait for A Rod to do Sunday night baseball in a Mets game. I just, I have, I have a lot of speculation and again a lot of speculation that's not going to come to fruition until towards the end of November but I have some preliminary speculation about Cohen I just I I have a very bad feeling about him but that's again that that feeling really won't become solidified until the end of November yeah for a number of reasons hard to say I mean like we've said over and over like I don't think I think that there's a lot of like over prescribing on Twitter of like people like assigning a style to an owner they don't yet know. Um, Yes. But at the same time, it's like, can it be worse? I guess it can always be worse. But like Jeff Loria doesn't have a team right now. Jeff Loria does not have a team right now. And he's still out there. Yes, it can be worse. Yeah. Yes, that's very true. Fair enough. That's all I will say. Everybody like says that. Can it be worse? I'm like, yes, it can. Well, Jeffrey Laurie also has two World Series rings, so yeah, but he fucked over a lot of baseball to get those rings. So I don't mm. know. I don't know what's worse. (laughs) Yeah, really hard to say. I mean, the Marlins have won sooner than we have. (laughs) Everyone in the NL East has won sooner than we have. Ugh. I don't know. I, I think what the, I think he's had an, an overall negative effect on the health of the sport. Oh yeah, definitely. So that, that much is absolutely uh, true. Undisputably yeah. so. Um, but yeah. Um, oh, in other so I guess I guess our our baseball story for the week also involves a a temper tantrum in a way. It's, it's temper <laughs> tantrum week. So many tantrums here on a pot of their own. Oh, I'm I'm definitely calling this episode Temper Tantrum Week. Noted. Um, <laughs> we so, have our own temper tantrum. Yeah, I mean, like, absolutely. Um, <laughs> the Mets are very bad. It's happening right now. Um, but yeah, the uh, the other um, the other bizarre uh, ejection incident this week um, we bring up because it is, you know, um, it is applicable to wider baseball issues. So um, bizarrely. 
Nationals GM Mike Grizzo was ejected from the like luxury boxes of na- of the stadium. Um, so he was yelling at the umpires from the luxury boxes in Atlanta on Sunday. And Joe West and his crew ejected him from up there. Um, Joe West. Yeah, which, you know, Joe West going to Joe West. And then they asked Joe West about it. And he said, I wouldn't take that from a player. I wouldn't take that from a manager. If it was Donald Trump, I'd eject him too. But I'd still vote for him. (laughs) Oh, Christ in a can. Which is like, you just had to add that like little last sentence on there for no reason at all. For no reason. It's just going to make like people want to punch you more. It's just like. It's so unnecessary. You You just rub salt into like an already like unnecessary wound of of stupidity. Oh my God. I just, I can't. Mike Rezzo, because. It was circulated on twi- Twitter that he, Rizzo was being thrown out because he was not wearing a mask. And everybody's like, but wait, he's up like in the luxury suite all alone far away. And then you, it was later corrected that you find out he's being over eject- He's was ejected over balls and strikes, which I mean, I completely disagree with the ejection, but we've also seen people get ejected over arguing balls and strikes. So it's not an unprecedented thing. Was it stupid? Yes. 100,000%. Just Joe West needs to retire. I think the whole, that's the other thing with the umpires this year. A lot of the veteran umpires have opted out due to the pandemic, if I recall. Yeah, a lot it's of like, them have. Uh, yeah, the umpiring's been lot. really bad as a result. It's suffered greatly. Yes. Except for Joe West. And Joe West, I think, actually had, like, really stupid comments on that in the beginning of the season, too. Wait. Of course he did. I have to, I have to find The this demographics cause... of umpires are old white men, more at 11. <laughs> <laughs> like, Shocker. It's like, that's what this is, right? It's like, Joe West made that comment, which sadly represents probably most of Major League umpires and a lot of Major League Baseball and a lot of its fan base, which goes back to, you know... Issues we've discussed on this podcast previously about representation. Oh, Jesus. They, and, and oh, my God, the union distanced himself themselves from Joe West following the. No, 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 no. Sorry if there's sound on this right now. OK, stop it. Autoplay. OK, <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, I'm ad. No, ad block. Hang on one second. My computer's getting in the way of me reading this article. <laughs> okay. So he was quoted in The Athletic back in July. Um, went on to say... Wait, I'm just like trying to read this really fast. Okay. West um, went on to say he does not believe that the reported coronavirus death totals at the time, it was more than 130,000 in the U.S. And as we know, that number is a lot greater now. A lot higher now. um, Were not all caused by the virus. Here's more of what West told The Athletic. He said, according to to our doctors, you're high risk, recalled West. About, um, I said, look, most of these people that they're reporting are dying are not healthy to begin with. I lost 25 pounds over the winter. I'm playing golf every day in the heat. I'm fine. I'm not going to back down now. 
I don't believe in my heart that all of these deaths have been from the coronavirus. I believe it may have contributed to some of the deaths. I said, I'm not going to opt out. I'm going to work. And I'm going to work until you take me off the field or I get hurt, whatever. I'm working. And he doubled down the comments, uh, doubled down on the comments to USA Today later during the week. Um, and later that week, the MLB Umpires Association condemned his remarks, saying recent public comments about the current coronavirus pandemic do not in any way reflect the positions of MLB, the MLB Umpires Association. Our nation and the world has suffered greatly from this deadly virus. In the midst of continued continued suffering, umpires are attempting to do our part to bring the ga- great game of baseball back onto the field and into the homes of fans everywhere. So, I mean... I'm immune to coronavirus because I played golf. In the heat. In the heat. <laughs> and, and I lost changes everything. Lost Cannot possibly pounds. get coronavirus. <laughs> it's not real. It's all fake. Ay, ay, ay. And I even mean, if he doesn't get it, you still could give it to someone else. Right. Sure. And I mean, like, That's- you know... It's his choice to it's his choice to work. He's right in that regard. It's his choice. Yeah. But like for him to act as if like it's no big deal for other people, that is that's, wrong. That's the whole thing. That and that's really the whole thing with that. He gives no regard to other people. I think to the other umpires, it was very disrespectful to them that opted out for whatever reason they may have opted out whether it was for their own individual health, for their families, just because they wanted to, they had that option. Joe West just makes comments he shouldn't make all the time, and he needs to just sit down and shut up. (laughs) And then the fact that he said all that and then claimed he was throwing Rizzo out for not wearing a mask, like, dude, really? That's what you're going with? I don't believe you. Yeah. Like, you know, said you thought thought coronavirus was a hoax, but now you're upset somebody's not wearing a mask. Like, see, I don't know if he said that. That was was circulated on Twitter. I don't know if he ever said that. Okay. I thought he was just throwing him out for yelling at umpires. Yeah. But, like, would he throw a fan out for yelling at him? Uh, I mean, that's not. um, I was going to say, I don't know if Joe West has done it, but other umpires have done it. I believe Angel Hernandez has done it. Oh, yes. Um, let's say, wait. Let me just of course, Angel has, Hernandez has done has it. Has Joe West thrown a fan <laughs> out of a game? Was he the one that made us the throw a strubel out in the um in the in the um the spring training game? Ooh, maybe. Who was the guy? Was that Hallian? The guy that stood on the plate in front of Todd Frazier? On the yeah, that, <laughs> that was Hallian. Yeah, again, yes, red ass thing I've ever seen. And who was the one that posted the gun on Twitter? Oh God, yeah, I forgot who that oh. was. Like but we yes. got some real. I mean, again, umpires are all old white men. <laughs> yep, like. This is how nope. they're gonna act. <laughs> now I want to know who threw a straw. Strasburg's not a fan. 
All these oh, results yeah. are Steve saying Strasburg. that Steven Strasburg was thrown out as a fan. And, like, he wasn't pitching that day. But, like, that does not count. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he that was, was during a Mets game, too. That happened uh-huh. twice. That also happened to um, uh, someone else, another pitcher who wasn't pitching that day. Got thrown out. Oh, it was Angel Hernandez who threw his jubile out. Of course. Of course it of was. Course. Of course it was. I mean, usually any of like the re- most ridiculous objections, uh, ejections, I'm sorry, can be attributed to one of three people, and that's Joe West, CB Buckner, or Angel Hernandez. <laughs> like 95% of the time, it's one of those three if it's like a really ridiculous ejection. Oh, I actually have a fun little story. Um, when we w- when we went to Cooperstown um, for the induction ceremony for Mike Piazza, we it was a whole we went with like a group with the tour group, and the night before um, we went to go hear a former umpire speak, and I think Al Clark is that his name? It might be Al Clark. Um, and he was saying, you know, even the worst person on the 25, on the, the, the worst player on the worst team in baseball is still one of the best players in the league, mm-hmm. in the world, in the world. And, um, and he said and the same is true for umpires, like, you know, and he said, <laughs> except Angel Hernandez. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's very funny. Oh my god. I was like, yep, that sounds right. (laughs) Oh my. That's a very good story. Um, (laughs) I think that's a good that's a good way to close out our um ump show segment for the week. Um but before we move on to walk off wins, um I would like to officially announce on the pod, we've already tweeted this out, but um, for those of you not on Twitter who listen to the show, um, we um, we finished out our Dollars for Dingers fundraiser. Um, we had to wait a little bit because the Mets-Yankees game counted as the makeup from uh, August 23rd that ended up being played on September 3rd, I think it was, um, the walk-off game. Um, ended up counting toward the grand total and then I had to check my math and make sure the spreadsheet was right. Um, We ended up raising a grand total of $2,153.40 for local food banks which is awesome. I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you so much for making this fundraiser a success. It's been amazing despite the fact that we had to change everything from last year, make it a slightly reduced version, you guys still showed up. Um, This is amazing. We're so happy so thank you. Um, so yeah, like, like we've been saying, we're going to have a, some sort of virtual like zoom prize drawing. Um, we're currently like scoping out and planning what that's going to look like. We think it's going to take the form of some sort of like, we hang out on zoom and watch the Mets together. And in between innings, I just like draw names from a hat and we, we hand out prizes during the zoom. Um, so yeah, we've got lots of cool prizes lined up for you guys. Um, I'll, I'll, 
I'll tease some of them now for you. Um, we've got um, bobbleheads. We've got some signed baseballs. I'm not going to tell you which players because that's a spoiler, but we do have some signed baseballs. Um, we have a Daryl Strawberry All-Star um, plaque. We have 1986 memorabilia, yearbook, World Series program. We've got a Shea Stadium mini replica. We've got classic Mets VHS tapes and potentially even more for you guys that we're still looking to wrangle up. So we got some fun memorabilia memorabilia for you guys lined up that will draw out of a hat of all the folks that gave pledges um, and announced the winners. And even if you aren't on the Zoom call and you won something, we'll still contact you um, if you won by email or by Twitter or wh- however, whatever contact info we have from you on the spreadsheet. Um, so yeah, look out for details about that. We're still uh, we're still trying to pick a date that'll give us enough time to like plan the Zoom and everything, but it'll be on a night that the Mets, or night or afternoon, depending that the Mets play and it'll be during the game so that we can hang out and watch the game together so look for that um in the meantime thank you guys so much for donating and we really appreciate it so it's been a really successful uh uh, pandemic version of dollars for dingers so thanks guys yay and thank you to the Mets for finally hitting dingers too yeah seriously they they got off to a slow start for the second year in a row, it ended on a walk-off, which I think is just, like, so poetic. Um, that is. That made amazing. me, like, when I got the, you tweeted that. I did. I was on vacation, and I looked at it, I was like, no way! Like, I almost started crying. Like, I was like, this can't be real. <laughs> and it was Pete, our beloved Pete. Yes, our beloved Pete. And JD got me an extra bonus that day, too. So. It's true. Excellent. It's true. It he was a good day all around. Good day all around. Um, and, with the, and with the home run, shout out to, um, to Vaz, because with that home run that Pete hit at the very last at-bat of Dollars for Dingers, he tied for the team lead for August, which kicked in a bonus for Vaz's donation. Oh. <laughs> all <laughs> right. Vaz extra $20 if Pete led the team in home runs in August, and Pete tied the home run lead with that home run. So it was, that was pretty nice. Cool. Wow. And meanwhile, Jack <laughs> kept putting his foot in his mouth and Jack had like a big bonus for Nito home runs and then Nito had that game where he hit two home runs and then he was like Allison I'll add a dollar for every like during when Seth Lugo was making one of his first starts Jack was like I'll add a dollar for every out Lugo makes beyond this and he just kept like making outs and I was just like hey Jack <laughs> so he ended up tacking on an extra $15 just because of Seth Lugo um and there was one more thing I can't even remember what oh yeah he added $50 because he didn't think that Major League Baseball would make it past August so he, he oh he, yeah, his was plus fifty dollars if MLB like finishes August, which it did. So I was like, Jack, you just keep racking up the t- the your total, man. So he ended up having the the highest total, I think, out of everyone because <laughs> of all the bonuses that he had. All um, right, but yeah, so great success. Really happy. Thank you guys. Keep a lookout on Twitter, and um, as soon as we have a date, we'll put it on the site and we'll announce it on the pod as well. So keep an eye out. Um, it'll be sometime in like late September, probably. Um, so yeah, uh, with that, we will move on to walk off wins and finish the show on a happy note. Like we always do, where each of us talks about what is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk off win for this week? 
Oh, just having a three-day weekend. <laughs> yes, it's, I, it was I beautiful, actually, wasn't it? It was beautiful. I just actually haven't had like a two-day weekend where I've had two days off in a row in a really long time where I didn't have to stress about anything. And I got to watch a nice Jacob deGrom game on, on Sunday, which is a nice little treat. So that's my walk-off win, just being able to relax. Yes, Heck that's yeah. very important. Um, Linda Cervich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, mine is also that because mine is my vacation. <laughs> I'm getting to relax. <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, we ran into some rain going down because it was the remnants of Hurricane Flora. So, I mean, we ran into some, some downpours. Um, and then it rained a couple nights. Uh, there was, you know, we couldn't really go in the water because there was a hurricane out in, out at sea, so there was really bad rip currents. But, um, you know, it was after everything that's happened this year, and you know, I was just thankful that we were able to get away, since so many other people had to tend to cancel plans. Like yeah. even if it had rained every day, I would have been happy. Like. Because it was not looking good that there would even be a vacation this year. And um, I felt good. Like, um, there was masks were required for every store you went into in the boardwalk. People were wearing masks on the boardwalk. Um, Everybody was spread out on the beach. There was, like, Purell stands all on the boardwalk. There was hand sanitizer in every store. New Jersey's, so, I won't lie, New Jersey's been on top of this. Yeah, I was going to say, so they were, they were, I felt, I felt okay. Um, other than, you know, my niece and nephew coming down with the sniffles and literally giving it to every single person <laughs> in the house. But, oh, <laughs> but <laughs> besides that. But um, being able to recharge is always an excellent thing, especially in yeah. these crazy ass times. And I hadn't seen them, like, when, you know, we were all quarantining and stuff. Yeah. I, I hadn't, I, I didn't see them. Like, I FaceTimed with them. But, but so now just same. spending a full week in person with them, uh, it just, well, I was like, when did Danny become such a little chatterbox? I was like, you grew up. Because um, he's three now, and... He's three. Enough said. Yeah, he's three. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just also it's been so rewarding because you know we've gone to Ocean City every year that I've been alive, and even before that, my mom went there as a kid, and now seeing my niece and nephew fall in love with a place that, that like I've loved for so long, it's just it's been so rewarding. So, and yeah, like you said, just getting away recharging hearing the waves the ocean oh that's that's my version of heaven so yes and that's I a good ver- that's a good version of heaven so. yeah it's an excellent version of heaven personally yes so that's that's my walk up way even if i was in philly's territory it was still i survived it's new jersey it's not really philly's territory all the f- stupid freaking i was gonna say <laughs> pennsylvanians come to the jersey shore from outside yeah. the state yeah, and there was flyer stuff everywhere. I was like, ugh. But <sighs> then they, the, the flyers lost. So I was I gonna say, really, flyers, dude. It's hockey. New Jersey has its own team on that one. Come that's on, guys. True. That's true. I, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's that's something 
That's the one sport New Jersey now has still has a professional team left in. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Poor, they, poor we baby. we um my parents and I all the all the people from like Philly and like from Pennsylvania that come to the Jersey Shore my parents and I call them Landies because they don't have any beach of their own to go to. <laughs> my uncle would fondly call me a Benny. Uh, which yes. is which which is which is uh the acronym the way i learned it there is some in, there are different interpretations benny is um bayonne elizabeth new york newark and i think that's it i think that just benny's was added on but b could also stand for brooklyn i've mm. heard that um Wait, now I'm going to look this up. I'm going to look this silliness up. I've heard stand for, like, I've heard it stand for, like, counties, too, like, Bergen, Essex, like, yeah, like, North Jersey counties. Oh. Oh, but Morris is not in there, and we're, like, Big Benny. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. A Benny is a pejorative... <laughs> A penny is a pejorative term used year-round by residents of the Jersey Shore to describe stereotypically rude, flashy, <laughs> loud tourists. Oh my god! From I North swear, Jersey I'm not one. I swear. <laughs> yeah, no. The the it's Bayonne, Elizabeth, New York, and New York City. Okay, so I'm not included in that. Well, no. New York. Oh, New York or New York City? <laughs> yeah. Depends. It usually refers to New York City, so you're okay. Okay. I swear, I don't, I just go and have a good time, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> I walk on the boardwalk, I do some shopping, and I go home. <laughs> you're not allowed to do that, Linda. <laughs> without being made fun of. I mean, New Jersey's <sighs> economy is based, like, very much on tourism, so they shouldn't necessarily be, you know... Yeah, knocking it. Yeah, especially crapping on the people like, that help them. I was gonna say, especially, especially this year when there yeah. was very little tourism, yep. or at least like a much less tourism than there typically is. Yeah, exactly. Um, so my walk-off win for this week is like somewhat baseball-related. Um, but we, um, as everyone knows by now, we moved to a new apartment in Washington, D.C. Um, and so, like, you know, we've been, like, fully moved in for a while now, but we're kind of in the phase of, like, you know, decorating and, like, getting, like, things that, like, you know, really make the place feel more like home. And so I had been looking into, like, trying to buy some sort of Mets wall art because obviously, like, both the people that live here are massive Mets fans. And so um, I really wanted something that was, like, like classy that I could hang in my living room because like as of right now the only like Mets like stuff I really had on display was like all my bobbleheads which I have in my office here where I'm recording this podcast but they're like on a shelf in here and then I had like my David Wright um poster it's like David Wright holding up that 2006 NL East champs like poster um on the field after you know they clinched um so it's it's that um poster but like that's like you know that's like a thing you put in like a like office or like a man cave or something um (laughs) I wanted like classy art that I could put in the living room and so um I researched on Etsy I asked for some input from you know from Amazing Avenue Slack etc um and I finally settled on um 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but it's S. Preston Designs, and he's um, he's at Poot Poot on Twitter, like Poot Poot. <laughs> um, yeah, so if you go to his Twitter, he's he's amazing. He's an amazing artist, um, and I think he's probably most famous on Twitter for all the um, ballpark princesses he draws. So he'll draw, like, Disney princesses and, like, just put, like, put them in like you know MLB uniforms um and that's always really fun but another thing he does and it's like not just baseball stuff it's like all sports is he does um minimalist um ballparks so it's hard to describe exactly what it is it's like a certain style but it's 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 what you would think it is it's like minimalist um like ballparks for every team and so it has like like the Phillies one is like just the Liberty Bell and like nothing else more or less and so the Mets one um, is there are actually two city field ones. There's the Home Run Apple and Shea Bridge. Um, and they're very minimalist in the sense that it's just like the wall, um, the, the like center field wall that's like blue with the orange line. And then the Home Run Apple and then just like a green, like a plain green background. And then the Shea Bridge one is kind of the same thing, except instead of the apple, it's the Shea Bridge over the wall. Um, and they're really cool, um, prints and I had my eye on them for a while and I finally pulled the trigger on them and I bought a couple of really nice frames to go with it. Um, and we framed them and hung them up on the living room wall and they look amazing and I'm like so happy with how it turned out. And I just feel like it really makes our apartment look like home and it makes me happy every time I look at them. So that's my walk-off win. Very simple walk-off win, but a walk-off win. But like we said, it's the little things. It is the little things. And um, the Labor Day weekend, the fact that we got a three-day weekend, like, gave us a little time to, like, do do stuff like that. Like, we got a chance to, because, like, it wasn't just that. Like, I had other things that I had been meaning to hang on the wall that were, like, already framed, but I just hadn't hung them up yet. So we kind of spent part of our weekend just like going around and hanging up all the things on the wall that we hadn't hung up yet um, and putting the prints that we got in the mail in their frames and hanging them up. And it was just like, so now we have all of our wall, our various wall art hung up in all sorts of places in our apartment. So now it just feels a little more homey, which is exciting. And I got a wall clock that has the correct Roman numeral four on it. (laughs) Yay! Yay! (laughs) For those of you that don't know that background, when I lived in Baltimore, I had a very classy looking Roman numeral wall clock, which I loved. And so like, I bought it in the store. I was like, this is great. But then it has, instead of like, you, you guys know how Roman numerals work. But instead of the four being like IV, it was four eyes. And I was like, no, that's wrong. And so I had to stare at this incorrect wall clock for like six years. It, it, it drove me absolutely insane. So I said to myself when I moved to D.C., I said to myself, I am not doing this again. I'm not getting an incorrect one. I'm making sure that it's correct and so I bought a new wall clock that is correct and won't drive me nuts which <laughs> makes me really happy so that was it's a very pretty clock it's very nice I like it it, it is well in the room so yeah our, our rooms are very now n- nicely decorated which makes me happy <laughs> um so that's my walk-off win for the 
this week. Um, Yay! But while you wait for your wall art or wall clocks to arrive or your next vacation, you can go to AmazonAvenue.com, check out all of our fantastic Mets content. Even when the Mets get their asses kicked by the Baltimore Orioles, we still have game recaps for you guys. We have analysis, um, roster moves, all the various things you want, um, all your Mets content, AmazonAvenue.com. Um, you can go to Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and follow the site at Amazing Avenue. You can follow the show on Twitter. We are at a pod of their own. You can follow Linda and I on Twitter. I am at Petite PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Servich. And you can find Kellyanne on Goodreads and sometimes on the a pod of their own Twitter um, account. I, I, I might be there. I have to talk to you guys about this post game, but maybe this weekend. Heck yes, please take over. Or maybe, or maybe during the, the DeGrom start. Oh I'm yeah, about, that'd be really good. to see that'd like really what good. time that is. Yeah, because I feel like we had a tradition. I mean, we still have it. It's just that like pandemic has gotten in the way. But we've had a tradition in the past of like live tweeting games with various gifts that are themed. And Linda did one this year with JD gifts, which was really good. But we, we used to do it a lot more often. And I feel like yes. we, we need to do it more. So Kellyanne should do one we this do. weekend. Yes, let's do it. It will be ABBA themed. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay. Dude, why not? Wait, can you do Mamma Mia? Yes. Okay. That is entirely ABBA. Okay. All right. Um, I so it, will be, it will be. It will be. Mamma Mia, ABBA. Yes. But mostly, <laughs> it's amazing. Mostly because it is inspired by Andres Jimenez, and just because in the game thread comments, um, also come join me in the game thread comments on Amazing Avenue. I'm one of the moderators. If you didn't know. <laughs> yes. Please join. Um, please, please uh, join the game threads. Come, come we've join us. Been, I started, I will take credit for this, but we started to say gimme gimme every time Andres Jimenez gets a hit, which turned into gimme gimme gimme, which is an ABBA song. Um, I sang a little piece of it earlier this podcast, so I'm going yes. to now study up on my ABBA lyrics and try and come up with things for each player. Well, ABBA pretty much anytime they do anything mama mia here we go again yes. it's just that'll probably Apt. work for anything yes yes, yes. um yeah. so yeah follow us on twitter to get that um you should also subscribe to amazing avenue audio and get our full suite of shows um and re and review the podcast it really helps people find it the original intro and outro music to this podcast is by bunga let's go mets and don't forget there is no crying in podcasting <laughs>